Welcome back to Integrative Lyme Solutions with Dr. Carlfeld. I am so excited about the show that we have ahead of us. We have some phenomenal information that could save lives. I am Dr. Michael Carlfeld, and with me I have my co-host, Tanya Hobo. You're going to need to tune in to what's going on today. Uh, the information is jam-packed. So, uh, yeah, don't step away. So excited. Let's go ahead and get this started. Welcome to Integrative Lime Solutions with Dr. Carlfeld. And today we have with us Christine. Welcome, Christine. Thanks so much for joining us and taking the time to share your journey. Thank you very much for having me on. This is a great opportunity. Well, this is going to be fun. Uh, yeah. See, see what... Uh, uh, so, so tell me a little bit about yourself and, and you know, what, who you are and what you do and, and then where Lyme started. Yeah, so um, my journey actually starts back in 2013. I was in two car accidents a couple months apart um, when I was only 17. So I had two concussions and a whiplash injury. So I had all sorts of neurological stuff going on for many, many years. And then in 2019... Um, I started having seizures just out of nowhere and I'd had all sorts of symptoms across the years. Um, and then about six months later, I was finally diagnosed with Lyme disease. The seizures were kind of the big thing that kind of catapulted me to be like, okay, something else is going on. Um, and so it was kind of hard to know when things shifted from the head injury to Lyme disease or if the car accidents triggered the Lyme disease. Cause I know that trauma can, you know, bring out those dormant, um, kind of stealth infections. Um, and then I just went down the rabbit hole and ping pong from doctor to doctor, as most people do um, with Lyme. But I luckily um, did end up with an internal medicine doctor where I was able to get all my diagnoses. And then, um, yeah, we just kind of went from there. So so tell me, uh, I mean, car accidents, and you're absolutely right. I mean, so if you have, if you have Lyme or you have a kind of underlying infection, and then you create a weakness you know, in the system you know, mm -hmm. due to, it can be a stress, you know, emotional stress, physical stress, or another infection. And then lo and behold, there it is. Yeah. So, so tell me, uh, prior to the accident, did you have any, any symptoms prior to that? Or, or no. No, I was a thriving high school student and going to school and working and I was a swimmer um, and then had the accidents and then had to take quite a bit of time off to kind of uh, recoup. Um, and then, yeah, the like I said, the seizures were really the big thing that really halted my life in 2019. I wasn't really functional and I actually got a psychiatric diagnosis um, because my seizures were not epileptic. So I was in the hospital for a couple of days and they ran all the tests, the EEGs, the MRI, all that kind of stuff. And they said, you're good to go. You need to go see a therapist. And I was like, okay. And I was studying neuroscience and minoring in psychology at the time. So I was like, I get there's a psychological component, I think, to all diseases and illnesses. But I didn't really think that was the root cause of the problem. Um, but sure enough, I, I eventually found a therapist, started seeing someone for a couple months. Um, 
But within six months, I could barely walk. And my seizures just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And I didn't have the traumatic background that is often accompanied with the traditional like non-epileptic seizures. People who have like lots of childhood trauma and those kinds of things that can be correlated to the non-epileptic seizures. And other than my car accidents, I didn't have that trauma background. So it wasn't linking up for me. And then I actually had a chiropractor that I had seen um, when I had been uh, after my car accidents who had said, I think you need to get tested for Lyme. And I hadn't even didn't know anything about Lyme disease, never had had a tick bite that I recall. Um, but sure enough, I got tested. And then the first doctor didn't think I had it and went after another. Um, and then I finally was able to get my diagnosis that I did have Lyme disease. And I also had Bartonella. Um, and in Canada, I don't know what it's like in the States, but our Lyme test is um, it's inaccurate. Like I think it's 60 or 70% of the time. So I was negative on the Canadian test for Lyme, but I did send my blood to Germany and sure enough, it was positive. Um, but with the Bartonella, which is a co-infection of Lyme disease, I was actually through the roof positive on our test here in Canada, which was shocking to my uh, internal medicine doctor. Uh, I think it was one of the highest numbers he'd ever seen. And the seizures can also um, commonly be accompanied with the Bartonella. It's one of the big symptoms that some people can have. So uh, it just ripped through my nervous system, um, the two of them. And then I also had mold toxicity. That was my third diagnosis mm. at the same time. Okay. So I love hearing that the chiropractor is the one who, who even mentioned Lyme. So when you went to see him, you're thinking that you're dealing with issues stemming from the accidents. Potentially, but I also thought it was far too, it was too many years out. Like I thought if it was really going to be from that, I would have expected it much sooner. And I had had a bit of a tremor that kind of came and went post-car accident, but I'd never had the full body convulsions until, you know, like six years post. So it didn't really line up for me that it was a car accident thing, but I thought I'm just going to go back to this chiropractor because he was one of the people that really helped me with my concussions. And it was great that he guided me towards the Lyme world because I just had no idea. Yeah. And six years. Yeah, that is kind of a long time for something to stem up like that. So, yeah. And so at that time, what, what were your symptoms? Um, you, you said you basically ended up in bed and you were having seizures. I was having digestive issues in the spring, just kind of out of nowhere. It was just kind of like one symptom after another. And then I was home visiting my parents, um, just for a couple of weeks. And it was within the first couple of days I was there at appeared that I'd had a seizure in the car with my mom and she had a big neuro case management background. And she's like, we need to go to the hospital. I think you just had a seizure. And I was like, oh, I'm sure it's nothing. But sure enough, we went in and then I had a massive seizure in the waiting room when they pulled me right in. And then that's when I was admitted. And then after the seizures, it just like the symptoms just kind of kept piling on the joint pain, the nerve pain. Like I think my nervous system really was just taken over at that point. Um, and I was having so many seizures a day. I, I was non-functional. could barely walk. I could barely talk. Um, there's times where I couldn't talk at all. Um, kind of would go into a state after a seizure. Sometimes it'd be for quite a while where I just like wasn't fully with it. Um, and then a ton of nerve pain. I had a lot of pain, a lot of joint pain. Um, for me, it was really nervous system heavy symptoms. Wow. You had a little bit of all of it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And, yeah. and, and so uh, just for kind of clarify for the listeners, so you, you had the car accident, you had a little bit of impact from that for six, you know, kind of right after your chiropractor helped you, 
you're fine. And then six years later, all of a sudden, start having seizures and things escalated to the point where you've, you're pretty much bed bound uh, with, with all these symptoms. So you yeah. had that period of time that was separate from the car accident. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, because you, you tested then positive for Bartonella with your in, internal medicine doctor, was that prior to the German test? I think I did them at the, uh, the German test I did first, but I did it through a different naturopath who wasn't familiar with Lyme disease. He just ran the test for me and he didn't know how to interpret the results. So then I had to go to somebody else and somebody else. And so it actually did that internal medicine doctor is the one who read it correctly and was able to break it down because I know with, it's not such a black and white thing testing for Lyme as I'm sure, you know, even when you get the results from Germany. So he was able to dissect that for me and confirm the Lyme diagnosis. And then I did the Bartonella and the mold around that time too. So that was like early 2020. Um, and was the lab was, in Germany, is that Armin Labs? I don't think it was Armin. It was the other one. Armin was not as big at the time. I can't okay. remember the name of the lab. Um, okay. Yeah. And yeah, I, did, so I just ran the Lyme one there because I had was positive with my Bartonella on that. So we didn't run the whole co-infection panel. Um, I mean, with those, it's sometimes with symptoms, it can be easy to match them up. And I clearly didn't have the symptoms associated with like Babesia and things like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, all the body pain and joint pain and all of that, you know, and neurological. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. how uh, was then the internal medicine doctor that was the one helping you or, or did you have to go elsewhere? No, I did work with them for a while. It was a it was a big fancy clinic. I was dropping thousands of dollars, you know, every month on pills and prescriptions and all these different things. Um, but I'm a really sensitive individual when it comes to um, pills, like supplements or pharmaceuticals. So, of course, they wanted to heart like hit it hard with antibiotics. So that was like the first thing we tried. My body just went crazy. I was having like rare drug reactions, and my seizures would go through the roof, and I couldn't tolerate anything. Um, so I ended up working with him for the mold. He was great at providing me everything I needed to get rid of my mold. And it took me about a year to get rid of the mold. So I did that, um, with pharmaceuticals and supplements and some detox stuff. Um, and then I had to find other doctors. We ping pong all over Ontario. That's where we were living at the time. Uh, but it was also the pandemic. And so it was hard to access any kind of care, um, and then I just was hitting a wall with their treatment. And so it was near the end of the summer. And there's a clinic in Mexico where I was about to go. It's like they do lots of detox. They do the, I don't know what it's called, but when they kind of clean the blood and put it back in and all that kind of stuff in the, where they induce a, a fever and those kinds of treatments. Um, so it was like a very comprehensive treatment. I was going to go for a couple weeks. So my mom was going to go with me. Um, but the clinic got shut down like oh. days before. Darn it. And I in don't know Mexico? what it Some, in Mexico. Something got shut down in Mexico. Something right? happened. <laughs> something happened. And I'm thinking, oh my God, like this was kind of my next, you know, it was like I was just grasping onto the hope of this clinic. And I thought, what am I going to do now? And then um, just a friend of a friend of a friend heard about, you know, some guy, you know, in the middle of nowhere near my parents. And uh, my mom's like, I think you should move home and we're going to go see this guy. And I was like, whatever. Sure. So we did. And luckily, um, that's where I got better. So I ended up using uh, Rife therapy and I got a whole lot worse before I got better. But my Lyme, my Lyme disease was gone in three months. 
So I went from barely able to walk, having tons of seizures and took, I think it was about three months. And I could just tell myself, I went in one day for a checkup and I said, I think, I think it's gone. And sure enough, he, he tested me. Uh, it's like a muscle testing, um, but on like a, like with a computer, it's similar. Mm-hmm. So anyone's who familiar with muscle testing is it's like that. Um, and I'm like, okay, like I feel better. You know, this guy says it's gone, but like, I'm not really sure. So I did end up checking my blood again and I did send it to Germany. And sure enough, my line was, ex- it's, it's a, it kind of a, a gray area again. It's either very low or completely gone. And so it was extremely low and I was feeling really good. And um, it did take a lot longer to do the Bartonella. I treated my Bartonella for about eight months and I did do the blood test for that. And it was, it was lower, but it was still there. Um, but I was very functional and went on to have a healthy baby like within a year later. So, um, yeah, that's, fantastic. that's what I so did. I'm, I'm curious, so you, when you mentioned with the mold, you kind of said, you know, pharmaceuticals and natural. Do you remember kind of what the treatment looked like you know, for other yeah. people to – so what, what kind of pharmaceuticals did you use? What kind of binders? What yeah. know, natural? There was a great book that I referenced a lot throughout my years uh, from Neil Nathan called Toxic. And that's a really great book for anyone with Lyme disease or mold. And he has a really great chart in there with binders. Uh, there's since a lot of companies and different binders that have come out since, but I just use really basic stuff. Um, and since mold can colonize in the sinuses and in the gut, and sometimes it can cause respiratory issues, I didn't have the respiratory issues, but I definitely had the gut issues. And also like my vaginal flora was very off. So that was another big symptom for me. So I did Nystatin. Um, I don't know that that was that great, but I did it for quite a while. Um, glutathione, liposomal glutathione and binders and ionic foot baths were like my big three for lot, for mold, sorry. Um, and then I ended up using aged garlic and citrus seed extract. So those two with the foot baths and then cycling through different binders, I did do a mycotoxin urine test. So that's really helpful to identify the types of mold in the body because then you'll use different binders depending on the kinds of mold you have. I primarily had okra toxin and I forget the other one, but that was what I mostly had. So I did charcoal and chlorella. And uh, I did do cholestyramine, which is a prescription, and actually really loved that too. That worked really well for my body. Um, but there's tons of ones you can get um, just from the health food store today that'll be very effective. Um, and the only thing with charcoal and lots of detoxing is just make sure that you're replenishing your minerals so that you don't get overly depleted. Because I think that's a big thing with um, Lyme treatments is they're like, we just need to kill everything in your body. And then it's like, wow, at the end of that couple months with that one doctor, I was like, I feel so awful. Like I was a very thin woman to begin with. And I was just, I couldn't afford to lose any more weight. And so then I started replenishing with my minerals and my vitamins while I was detoxing and took things slower in that sense. And, and when you said that you felt better, I mean, uh, when you were doing the cholestyramine, for instance, I mean, what what did you notice? Just kind of less breathing issues, less pain, less. Um, I was just I was very um just because I'm so sensitive. I could oh I had to start on such a small dose. I think it was like an eighth of a teaspoon, and I could just feel it. I don't know how else to explain it. I could just feel it, and it took me months and months to work up to a full pack, and I could just tell it was kind of cleaning house really well. 
um, with some of the other ones. I don't know if it was just a good combination for my body or the kind of mold that I had, um, but it was just a good one for me. Um, and then the other ones, I think charcoal is like a very widespread binder. So I think I, I did use that a lot throughout my entire treatment. Um, I still cycle through it today. Um, so, yeah. I, I love hearing that you still do take the, the charcoal because that's something that I think I'll always take is just binders. You know, sometimes I'm more regular with them and sometimes I'm not because there's just so many toxic things in the world anyways. And then I just feel like I might be more susceptible to, to things. So I'm like, oh, I'll just pop a few binder pills. I'm good to go. <laughs> it, it, you know, w- whether it's helping me, I think it is, but at least it's, it's a good peace of mind for me. So yeah. I just keep them on hand. Well, I think, you know, health, you know, whether people have chronic illness or not, we're inundated with toxins on a daily basis. I studied under Dr. Stephen Cabral. I'm an integrative health practitioner, and he has an amazing book called The Rain Barrel Effect. And it goes through all different toxins that we encounter every single day and different things that we can do to kind of empty our rain barrel and to really just kind of keep our bodies, you know, functioning is the best that they can be. And I think that people that have had Lyme, even once we've went into remission and we've overcome it, I do still think there's an aspect where that immune system is just not 100%. It's not, at least for me, like mine is not fully back. I really struggled postpartum and it's taken me a while to kind of get things back in check. And so having those tools that you gather throughout your treatment and whatever works for you, I think, yeah, you're going to still use them throughout your life, right? Just to kind of keep things in check. Yeah, especially when you, you know, like I have a biomat and the foot bath and, you know, you've already made that investment. So it's yeah. there. So why not? Yeah. Why not use it? It's it's got to only be good for you. For sure. So with mold, and I've never really dealt with mold, but you had mentioned two supplements that I had never heard of. So I just wanted to kind of touch base and see what they were again. Um, so I used aged garlic aged garlic, and citrus seed extract, which is used for a lot of things. Uh, I also had a lot of urinary symptoms, which can go, uh, that can be a mold-based thing, but it can also be from Bartonella. Uh, so I don't really know where that stemmed for, for me, but grapeseed extract is really great for the urinary system. Um, so that was a really good one for me. Um, so that combo was really great. Um, was it gra- citru- grapeseed or grapefruit seed? I think it's grapefruit seed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or citrus seed there. Mm-hmm. I think those two are kind of inter- I know there's, is what I heard. They're citricidal. I, I, we have a different one in Canada called Agrimax that oh. is very accessible and affordable. And that's just what I've used. And then, um, aged garlic. Now garlic, there's like mixed things cause of the, you know, it can feed the pre, uh, biotic bacteria and stuff. But, um, for me, it worked where I was at with my mold. Um, I just had to really hit that hard. Mold's extremely hard to get rid of, but the protocol is very straightforward. Where I feel like Lyme, the protocols can be very complicated. So when anyone comes to me with like, I have mold, I'm like, it's okay. I'm like, you just, you got to do these things. You got to be really strict, but you'll get rid of it. Like it's a very straightforward, like XYZ protocol. Um, it just takes a long time. That, and, yeah, and I I think I would agree with that. Yeah, and and did you uh, so when you had mold, did you have to kind of evaluate your living environment or yeah, or- yeah, we had somebody come in and uh, we were in an apartment at the time, um, and it was kind of inconclusive. There was maybe a little bit of mold, but the 
um, the gentleman that we had come in to test our home said, based off your health and what I found, you know, I think you should probably move. And I was like, okay. So mid pandemic, I'm like super sick. We pack up our place to move. And then we were getting moved the next year anyways, because my husband's in the military. So we've moved every year since I was diagnosed. So it's been hectic, but it's so important to look at your environment uh, where you live. I think it's something people don't think about. And even if you're stuck in a moldy environment, you can still do things to just kind of keep things at bay until you're able to get out. Because, you know, I know people that have houses, you know, that they've invested in and they've renovated and to do a remediation is very expensive. It's very time consuming. And so there has to be, you know, you can still support your body uh, during that process. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And so, so you cleared that out, and then it was time for Bartonella and Borrelia. So, yeah, yeah, what- I kind of I treated mold kind of in the background. Like once I got on a pretty good protocol, I switched out a few things. I eventually gave the nystatin up because that can be really hard on the body, and I didn't really want to be on that long term. I wasn't seeing substantial benefits from it, so I got rid of the nystatin and replaced that with the garlic and the. Uh, Agrimax. Um, so mold was just kind of in the background. It was a steady protocol I continued to do. I was introduced to the ionic foot baths, which I feel like really helped with the mold and just detoxing in general. I couldn't handle the saunas because of my uh, neurological symptoms. I tried them here and there and I'm just, it just would send me into like a, like a flare with my neuro stuff. So it wasn't worth it for me, but I know that's a very popular detox modality, especially for people with mold. So if that's something that's available, I think that's a great option. Um, And then I also found a a device called the Avacyn, which is, um, it's a device you put your hand in and it suctions the wrist and then it heats up the hand and it. So it does heat up your uh, body. It doesn't put you into a fever or anything, just kind of heats you up a little bit. But my practitioner at the time kind of explained it as almost kind of like a mini sauna and it helps with oxygenation and it got rid of, like it reduced my seizures. It was the only thing that would reduce my seizures when I was going through my Rife treatment because I was having so many seizures when I started my Rife treatment, which to me was a good indication that something was working at least. I just needed to figure out how to manage the symptoms while I was doing that. So the Avacyn was that for me. So I think the Avacyn was like a gentle detox modality for me with my sensitive nervous system. And then I did the foot baths um, three times a week for quite a while, which is a pretty, no, that's a high frequency. It's not normally recommended like that, but it worked well for me. So yeah, the the Avacyn is is just fantastic for the microcirculation. Yeah. uh, To, to really kind of, bring nutrients you know, into locations where you don't get a lot of nutrients and oxygens and also obviously yeah. for moving the toxins out as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really loved it. I used to do it like a couple hours a day, like when I was in the thick of treatment and I still use it here and there today. So because yeah. like you said, you know, you invest in all these things because when I had met uh, this practitioner and started my Rife, it was expensive to go into this clinic. And I was like, okay, what are one of these machines worth? So I bought one and I bought the foot bath and whatever and set up a little clinic at home. And I went home and just did my thing for, you know, a while and it it worked really well. Um, but I think it's important to go into a clinic and try things because you got to see what's going to work before you invest in all these things because it is really expensive. Right. And it's kind of hard to pick and choose what, you know, because you can't buy them all at once, you know, and no. sometimes you can only buy a couple of them. So it, you definitely need to 
try them out and see if it's something that you think you can feel benefits from. And yeah. then, you know, it's nice to be able to use them, you know, for the rest of our life too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so what did the, the protocols, he worked with the, the gentleman out in the boonies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what, how, how did, and, and obviously, you know, first you you did antibiotics, right, with the internal medicine doctor for a bit? For a very no? short time, yeah. I wasn't tolerating any of them. Uh, Bartonella requires, like, I don't, I think that was the first one we were going for because it was the one, like, I had so, it was, my numbers were so high. Um, but the drugs required for that on the antibiotic side of things are, like, really heavy duty. And the side effects were crazy. And, uh, yeah, I couldn't tolerate them. And then I did try some herbal tinctures, even like just like one drop diluted. My body was like going crazy. So I was like, okay, hey, we're going to just stop all this stuff except for my mold stuff and then like my supportive stuff, like minerals and whatever. Um, and then I started the Rife therapy. So I was doing going in clinic three times a week. And then he introduced me to the foot bath. So I did a few of those. I did everything for quite a few weeks and was like, wanted to see that there was going to be substantial benefits and results before I committed to buying stuff. So I think I did about six weeks there and then uh, purchased the foot bath and all that. And then ended up going back um, home and treating for a while. And then I just periodically would check in with him um, to kind of see where I was at. So yeah, the Lyme took about three months and then I got the Bartonella significantly down. Um, and I was able to go back to work and I got pregnant and had no problems with my pregnancy or anything. And my baby's super healthy. So, um, that was really the, the goal for the us in, in that sense, like for my family. So that was really a big win for us to be able to, um, have a baby that quickly considering I was only diagnosed in 2019 and our baby was born last year. So Congratulations. Yes. Thanks. Yeah, I mean that that's incredible though, you know, for 3 months, you know, to to get rid of Lyme. I mean, cuz mm -hmm. you usually for people that that takes a long time. I think with the Rife machine, I've heard some people are like, "Oh, it didn't work for me." And it's like, you know, you you can buy a machine, sure, but if you don't know how to use it, it's going to be yeah. useless to you. And Rife therapy is kind of com is it's complex. I ended up taking a course under my practitioner to learn about it because I just wanted to know more. And I was I was like, there's no way this is going to be completely gone. Like I've heard, you can't get rid of Lyme. And sure enough, I just I just could feel it in my body. I was like, I feel better. And I was walking and talking, and yeah, I had a little bit of mold stuff, but it was like very isolated. I knew it was mold. I knew it wasn't the Lyme. Like it was just I just felt it was different and then sure enough when we did the testing um it was pretty much not there so uh, and I've been tested a few times since because I'm like you know whenever something happens I'm like is it gonna come back you know because I feel like that's always a worry right like you know a big like the birth of my baby for example I didn't know how the postpartum was gonna go because a lot of women that I had spoke to with Lyme were like oh my postpartum was a nightmare because my Lyme came back and mine didn't come back I had other issues but it wasn't Lyme so um yeah I think with the rife it's it's um you have to know what you're doing and it's a very specific protocols and um you just have to find the right practitioner, I think, with that. Because I know a lot of people want to buy them and do it all at home. And I couldn't have done what he did, like what he had taught me and in the course that I took. So, And, yeah. and so so give people a little bit kind of a direction uh, in regards to the complexity, why it is complex. And also there, 
a bunch of different Rife machines out there. Is it one that's better than others in your mind? Yeah, so I do share with people where I got my machine. So there's a company called Heimbus, H-Y-M-B-A-S, and they are an American company. So that's where I bought my Rife machine and my foot bath. Um, and really happy with both of them. And there is, I believe the Lime frequencies were in there. Um, there's a bunch that are programmed in the machine already, and then you can add in your own. So the idea behind Rife Therapy, um, the guy who designed it, his name was Royal Rife, and he was healing people with cancer. And unfortunately, he didn't get to see all of this come to fruition um, after to see all the benefits that this really, you know, it really took off after his passing. And so um, the whole concept behind it is that everything has a frequency. Um, and so all of these microbes in the body, the Lyme, the Bartonella, whatever, they have a frequency. And so when you're able to match that, you can kind of almost disarm the bacteria and then the body can kind of clear it out. I mean, you need to detox and do other things. The, the rife on its own is not a, you, you, you have to have complementary therapies because with any kind of illness, you need to kill off whatever you're trying to kill off, but then you need to bind and then you need to get it out of the body. And so there's kind of that three-step process that all needs to happen at the same time while still building up your store so you don't become overly depleted. And so um, the rife is just one piece of the puzzle. It's just that killing piece, right? And it does work better for some things than others. It worked really great for my Lyme. It did work on the Bartonella, took a lot longer and everybody's a bit different, right? For me, the Lyme was the big hitter on the nervous system, but the Bartonella really lingered for me. And so I think it's, it's bio-individual, all of our approaches, right? And we need to figure out what's going to work for one person, um, versus the other. It's not going to necessarily be the same approach. Right. So so did you, like you mentioned, there are a lot of kind of pre-recorded ones. Did you just kind of arbitrarily pick one of those or did you have a strategy? No. I, so my practitioner put me on a protocol and I followed that. And then I bought a machine and was able to take that home with me. And then um, there are different things that had to be programmed in that I um, got through my practitioner. Um, and so that's where you have to find the right person to to navigate that. Um, but I know there's all sorts of people that do the rife. It's just a little hush hush because, you know, I think it works really well. And so the Western medicine world doesn't want to hear about that. Right. Because <laughs> really, I mean, they, yeah, there's yeah. a time and a place for it. And I tried so hard when I was having my seizures, I was in the hospital at once a month before we knew what was wrong with me. Like barely walk, barely talk. And I got these doctors looking at me. And like my face is all droopy and everything else. And they're like, there's nothing wrong with you. I don't know how to help you. And I'm like, even my internal medicine doctor, he knew exactly what I needed. I needed IV antibiotics for my Bartonella because it was so bad. And so he wrote it all out and the hospital wouldn't do it. They said, there's no way we're keeping you. There's no way we're going to give you these meds. And so we couldn't, I don't know what it's like in the States, but getting IV antibiotics here is, is forget it. It's never going to happen. Like... Um, so it was not even in the question, even though my internal medicine doctor was like, that's really where you need to be right now with the antibiotics, but it wasn't the kind of care I was able to access, which maybe was a godsend because antibiotics do do a lot of harm. I was um, just going to say, you know, maybe it was a yeah. blessing that you weren't able to get them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're, and, and now you have, are you, do you would say you're symptom free? You're, I mean, where, where do you feel you're at in, in your journey? Do you, do you feel any kind of lingering effects or? You After feel- I had my baby, I had some, um, 
I did have some issues and it's been hard to kind of piece together what was from my birth and what was from, sometimes it's hard to tease apart things. Um, I have talked to my practitioner back home who thinks I had a bit of a Bartonella flare. So I did treat on my machine for a couple of weeks and honestly things died down again. So um, I had to do a bunch of antibiotics after I had my baby because I had residual tissues and they were worried I was going to go septic. So I did have to do antibiotics. It was kind of like one of those, I have no choice. And so I ended up doing back-to-back antibiotics for quite a while. And so I'm cleaning up the effects of that, but I wouldn't say I have any Lyme things that I'm working with or dealing with. And I haven't had an increase in my neurological stuff or anything like that. That's fantastic. And and it, and if things come up, you've got your, your rife machine, you've got your tools at home that, yeah. that you know how to use. And I think that's a big thing that, you know, it's also expensive to treat. I mean, it really is. There are affordable ways to do it. Um, but a lot of people do go out and buy these rife machines and they're on their own. They they don't know yeah. how to use them. And it's not going to help you if, if you can't use it right, you know, which is There's lots of like books and things, like you said, there are affordable ways to do things. And I think you, like you were, we were chatting before, like there's a couple of doctors or that I would see and they'd be like, I could tell I knew more about Lyme disease than they did, which is fine. I had a very complex case with my neurological symptoms. And I think I freaked a few doctors out there. Like, I don't know what to do with you. They weren't going to tell me that. So I almost wish they had, because if they weren't going to be able to help me, I needed to go on to the next. But sometimes if you've done enough research on your own and you can just utilize the tools that they're able to get you access to, like, for example, in Canada, I think you guys have full script in the States where you can get different supplements that the like practitioner grade supplements that you can't buy, you know, at the health food store. And there's some really great things like liposomal glutathione is one of them. And so it's using, sometimes it was just using a doctor to get the things that I knew that I needed. Um, and so researching things and, and listening to other people's stories, um, and talking to people in your, uh, whether it's your state or your province to figure out who's around, who's good at what they do. And it's just really, it's just a lot of legwork. Like it took, I, I talked to so many people before I kind of find the, found the right combination for myself. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, like you said with mold, it's, it's kind of a straight straightforward protocol. It takes a long time, but with Lyme, there, there just isn't one size shoe fits everyone, you know, and that's another, you know, great thing about this podcast is that everybody has their, you know, our stories are very similar, but everybody has their own journey with when Mm -hmm. healing, because Mm -hmm. there's so many ways to treat it. So it's just a great thing for, you know, the listeners to be able to take the different pieces and figure out what works for them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's, yeah, the, the whole script and full script are, are great tools. I mean, I, I have them on my website if any, any of the yeah. listeners are interested in needing to get supplements, you know, they're more therapeutically yeah. based. But yeah, so that way you know you can get good quality supplements and, instead of uh, things that, that may not be as potent. Yes, because sure. that's, that's another thing. Not all supplements are are treated equally for sure. No, no, yeah. 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 Well, sometimes I think with people that are very sensitive, this is something I learned the hard way. Sometimes the practitioner stuff can be a little bit too strong. And so there can be all these like intense blends for Lyme disease and Bartonella. And sometimes it's too much. Sometimes you just need one ingredient, you know, like some milk thistle for the liver. And then, you know, maybe some cat's claw or like just kind of like one thing at a time can be really helpful. And just layering one thing at a time, because I think with Lyme disease, they want to like, there was a time where I was taking like 35 pills a day and I'm like, my God, I had this huge like spreadsheet and all like, 
you know, 50 <laughs> bottles of pen- prescriptions. I got tinctures. I and got alarms stuff, like, going off every two hours yeah. telling you to take and this like, and can take I, that. Can I naughty? What's the diet? And it's like, it's a lot. It and is. like, I think you just got to take one thing at a time. And something I wish someone had told me at the beginning was open your detox pathways before you do anything. Because if your detox pathways aren't open, you're going to feel a whole lot worse. And that's where you get the Herx reactions. And for me, that was seizures, which was a big deal. So I didn't know I needed to be doing the foot baths or the saunas or whatever you're able to do. Epsom salt baths, such a simple, inexpensive thing. Very effective. Drinking lots of water, taking your binders and like just starting with foundational things to support the body before you dive into any kind of big protocol. Because Lyme does require a big protocol and you've got to be, you know, very disciplined for a period of time in order to eradicate, um, you know, the disease. Yeah. And for, for listeners out there, detox pathways, you know, you've got to look at them. How do I, how do toxins move out of the body? So you, you yeah. poop, you pee, you sweat, you breathe. Yeah. yeah. So those are how we get toxins out. And then after you open that up, then you open up liver, lymphatic, yeah. and then you go into cells. So you've, yeah. you've got to be strategic about it. Well, it's been awesome to have you. I really appreciate uh, and this. It's so cool. Yeah, even though we've, we've, uh, I don't know, it's 100 plus interviews we've done. And each one is so unique and so cool. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's so awesome to bring new perspective and new information that, that people out there can really benefit from. So thank you so much. Yes, thank you very much. Yes, thank you so much. And have fun with your with your little one. Thank you. It was great meeting you both. You like, as well. Likewise. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The information in this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not designed to diagnose or treat any disease. I hope this podcast impacted you as it did me. Please subscribe so that you can be notified when new episodes are released. There are some excellent shows coming up that you do not want to miss. If you're enjoying these podcasts, please take a moment to write a review and please don't keep this information to yourself. Share them with your family and friends. You never know what piece of information that will transform their lives. For past episodes and powerful information on how to conquer Lyme, go to IntegrativeLymeSolutions.com and an additional powerful resource, LimeStream.com. For Lyme support and group discussions, join Tanya on Facebook at Lyme Conquerors Mentoring Lyme Warriors. If you'd like to know more about the cutting-edge integrative of Lyme therapies my center offers, please visit thecarlfeldcenter.com. Thank you for spending this time with us, and I hope to see you at our next episode of Integrative Lyme Solutions with Dr. Carlfeld.